Oscar Emergency. This is Kyle speaking. How can I help you? Hello? Something just ran in front of us on the road. We're in the ditch. We we rolled over. How many people are in the car, and is anyone injured? There's two of us. I, I, th I don't think we have any injuries. Is the car on its top or wheels or what? No, it's kind of sitting on its side. Hold one moment, please, while I contact emergency services. Okay. Okay, the state police should be on their way in a few minutes. Is everyone still okay? Yeah, I think we're okay. What ran in front of you? A deer? I, I don't know what the hell it was, but it was big. It looked like a great big dog. I was standing up. Was it a bear, maybe? Maybe, I... Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Sir? Hello? Are you still there, sir? I'm Michael. And I'm Stephanie. And welcome to the Spookies Podcast, a podcast of true crime, the unexplained, and all things spooky. Stephanie, have you ever been to the great state of Wisconsin? I can't say that I have. Is it great? I've been there twice. <laughs> it is a land of great darkness. I've heard there's a lot of uh, serial killers there. Could it be the water? No, that's Michigan. <laughs> Wisconsin is home to many unusual serial killers. So Not just serial killers, unusual serial killers. I was kind of right. Half right. The kind of serial killers we like. <laughs> you know, the kind that bores other people because they want to hear about Ted Bundy and... I don't know. I was about to say Ted Lasso. He's probably a serial killer, actually. Wisconsin is home to many unusual serial killers, including Ed Gain, the gentleman who made lampshades out of human skin, the inspiration for both Leatherface and Norman Bates. Ooh. It is also the state that gave us Jeffrey Dahmer... The Milwaukee Cannibal. You might have heard of him. He's he's really popular on Netflix. And of course, it is where Kyle Rittenhouse, the Nazi boy child, <laughs> with the man boobies, murdered some wokesters with his AR-15 in a domestic terrorist attack. Wait a minute. Was that, was that your voice from... Um... Knives Out? Yeah. <laughs> in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Kenosha. An overweight teenager with a gun, and I can't think of anything more American. As American as NASCAR and the KKK, <laughs> Kyle Rittenhouse looks like a pork meatball <laughs> with freezer burn. <laughs> Fucking pork meatball. With freezer burn. Yeah, he does. You ever, you've seen his pictures. He's he, he's gotten in shape. He still looks like a fucking meatball. I have to say that's accurate. Well, as hell. that's because I believe he is the love child of Alex Jones and Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> Now, Wisconsin, the spooky state, is known for something else besides Nazi boy childs <laughs> and serial killers. A dog. A dog? Bad dog. Uh-huh. Big dog. <laughs> Very large. 
an apex predator. Haven't we already talked about the dogman shit on the last podcast? No, that was werewolves. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. No, no, no. <laughs> werewolves are mythological. Dogmen are not. We are talking about an animal that defies the laws of science, an animal that evolved from the outskirts of reality. Something is out there, Stephanie. <laughs> Something hungry. <laughs> okay, here we go again. <laughs> I told my mom I thought I saw a werewolf, and my mom believed me. It was walking along a good, probably, seven to ten seconds before it had turned its head. That thing, that was no dog. That was too big to be a dog. That thing was bigger than me. That thing was stalking cornfields, jumping on cars, and feasting on roadkill. For two years, people in Elkhorn, Wisconsin, whispered about a king-sized creature who roamed Bray Road. Werewolves Part 2, The Beast of Bray Road. Gotta love those Wisconsin accents. <laughs> it's like if cornfields could talk. <laughs> Don't you know? Yeah, you betcha. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> I just want to reiterate that I do not believe in werewolves or Bigfoot. I know, this is hard to believe. <laughs> I do not believe that any human being has the mythological ability to metamorphosize into other animals by means of shape-shifting. Gonna get this clear, Stephanie. You're Don't. not gonna go squanching in the woods? No! <laughs> a la Mulder? <laughs> Shapeshifting, what is known in the occult as therianthropy. As for the dog man, I am skeptical but open-minded, especially when it comes to the realm of cryptozoology. <laughs> what comes to mind when you think of Wisconsin, Stephanie? I mean, it's serial killers. Always, it's serial killers. Well, well. And cows. A fuck ton of cows. They have a lot of cows. But cheese? Oh, yeah, cheese. I always forget about the cheese. It's because I don't get to eat cheese anymore, you guys. That's why I don't think about it. I try not to think about cheese because I miss it. For me, it is the dog man and serial killers. Of course it is. <laughs> it has always been the dog man and serial killers, even as a child. <laughs> because, of course, it is, as you said. It's me. <laughs> as I have said before, Wisconsin is a very weird place, home to a very American breed of darkness. The Badger State is one big haunted house. Is it really called the Badger State? Yeah, just not the Honey Badger. <laughs> you have unusual serial killers. You have cults. You have alleged satanic activity. You have Indian burial grounds or indigenous burial grounds, if we want to get woke. Uh, phantom hitchhikers, UFO sightings, and the Slender Man stabbing. Ugh. It's like a catalog of all my interests. <laughs> You know, all the things I jerk off to. No, I don't jerk off to serial killers. That's the women who watch all those Netflix shows. So. Oh, I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk. What they do with their shower heads. I don't want So let's talk about the Beast of Bray Road, a.k.a. the Man Wolf, a.k.a. the Wisconsin <laughs> Werewolf. What the hell is the Beast of Bray Road? I want to know. Our listeners want to know. You got to tell them. <laughs> right, all right. It's a legend from one of many haunted and otherworldly highways of rural America, near a town called Elkhorn, Wisconsin. Elkhorn got its name 150 years ago because someone saw a ritualistic symbol hanging in a tree made from animal bones. Elk are not native to the region. Sightings of the Beast of Bray Road go back as far as the 1930s. Most sightings occur between 10.30 p.m. and 5 a.m. A majority of the sightings take place around midnight, 
the witching hour. Local lore has it that when conditions are just right, the beast comes out on Bray Road in Elkhorn, Wisconsin. It is said to appear out of the ghostly fog. One of the first reported witnesses was Mark Shackleman. The year was 1936. He arrived at St. Coletta School for Disabled Children, a little before midnight. He carried his flashlight on his belt. He worked the graveyard shift for the school and patrolled these grounds every night. The school was located inside a former Franciscan convent outside Jefferson, and the grounds covered many old buildings and orchard and wide open fields where several old Native American burial mounds had been preserved. That night, Shackleman was crossing the fields when he saw a shadow. At first, he thought he saw a burglar or some teenagers playing a prank. As he got closer, he saw a hunched form on all fours digging into one of the mounds. From the canine way it dug, it could have been a dog or maybe a wolf, but even from far away, Shackleman could see that the thing was far too large for that. Suddenly, it looked at him, and then it stood up. There was no man. Its face was beastly. Its eyes were feral. It reeked of rotting meat. It had a distorted canine face, but beneath the thick fur rose the muscular body of a man. A low growl echoed across the field. It growled at him, its speech half human and half beast. Shackleman didn't move, and the creature turned and freakishly ran off into the night through the fog-ridden trees. Shackleman never saw it again, but the inhuman growl, the way it seemed to speak to him, stuck in his mind for the rest of his life. Another witness was a farmer named Edward Wagner, who came away from an alleged encounter with the beast so deranged by what he had seen that he had to be committed. The beast of Bray Road is said to be abnormally large, between six and seven feet tall, with a humanoid-style body, covered in fur or dark hair, and with a head resembling a wolf or a bear, weighing somewhere between 400 and 700 pounds. It is said to have been seen moving as both a quadruped and a biped, and some reports describe a creature resembling a traditional werewolf or Bigfoot. The beast has been seen eating its prey or its scavenged carrion in its hands, with its palms facing upwards. Its hands have long, razor-sharp claws, and its feet are somewhat human, but configured more like a canine. Partially digested human regurgitated fingers are often found in places where the beast was last seen. Dogmen seem fixated on graves and cemeteries. Witnesses often see them trying to dig up graves, possibly to feed on corpses. A police officer once witnessed a creature trying to dig up a grave in a nearby cemetery. He shot at it, but the thing ran off into the fog. Most dogmen sightings have occurred when motorists stumbled upon or drove past the animal late at night while it was either eating or possibly hunting or scavenging. They have been known to charge at cars and shattering windshields with a swipe of its paw. The dogman has been speculated to be everything from werewolves to a satanic entity to a deformed bear with mange. In 1999, 18-year-old Doris Dean Gibson was driving down Bray Road late one dark and stormy night when her right tire hit something, lifting the car off the ground. She stopped and got out to see what she had run over, but there was nothing there. Out of the corner of her eyes, she saw a hideous, wolfish form standing on two legs. She rushed back into the car, and as she peeled away, the beast leapt onto her trunk, but slid off in the slick rain as she sped home. 
The beast stared back at her as she drove away, then unleashed a terrifying humanoid howl that sounded like a tormented scream. Its feral eyes burned yellow on the lonely road. Interestingly, there were large claw marks on the trunk of her car. This has been documented. Mm -hmm. Like scraped through, like like gouged through. Oh, gouged through the metal? Yeah, I don't know if they were tested, though, for DNA. That's what I was wondering. I never could get an answer on that. So what do you make of this? I know you're going to say it's all bullshit, but whatever. Um, It could be a mangy bear. Bears are known to attack cars and get on cars. Are they known to dig up graves, though? Not that part, but I mean... That's weird. Unless they're freshly buried things and they're scavenging. These are like graves that have been how do we know these aren't like time. again people owning big cats illicitly like tigers and shit that stand up on their hind legs yeah why not seven feet tall cat. <laughs> well, bears, maybe there were cats but bears are known to do this we know that bears can stand on their hind legs and they fucking walk around and look like people and if it had mange or something now it should be noted that the wolf as a species was exterminated from Wisconsin back in the 1960s. Supposedly, <laughs> I'm going to throw that out there so you can shut up, guys. I have a theory related to this. It's the usual brand of insanity you have come to expect from me. <laughs> Just hear me out before you mock me. What if? What if a super predator somehow emerged as an adaptation to the decimation of wolves in the Upper Midwest? Recent evolutionary theory suggests life forms can evolve suddenly and without warning. What biologists call punctual equilibrium. This is not fringe science. This is a common accepted scientific theory. It theorizes that evolutionary advances are cataclysmic, not gradual. That evolution occurs not along a straight line, but in huge fits and starts. In burst. Have we seen that in our lifetimes, though? I don't know the examples, but I was watching. I'm just curious if we have. I don't know if we have. The thing is, it's the idea here is that the unimaginable happens in the gaps, the gap between wolves and dogman. That's a gap. That's a big gap. Mm-hmm. But what if they could somehow go through that because they are faced with the brink of extinction? And a few remaining wolves adapted by evolving into very scary, very bad doggies. A misplaced, uncatalogued animal. That's what I'm thinking. That's all it is. There's nothing supernatural here. It's just... A weird wolf. A weird, abnormal wolf. I mean, this is kind of what I'm saying. It could be a deformed bear. You know, black bears are pretty common in northern Wisconsin. I know Elkhorn is way down south. Um, Though bears do range outside of their expected territories pretty regularly. I mean, again, it could be a a pet bear, for all we know. Someone tried to domesticate one. I mean, it's not a dog man or gorilla man. (laughs) What about tulpa man? I don't know. Bunny man. Goat man. TikTok man. Oh, God. <laughs> Nazi trucker man. <laughs> Epstein man. Oh. Mega man. <laughs> the Batman. <laughs> Maybe they are all pedophile man in disguise. <laughs> formed inside a Chuck E. Cheese pizza parlor in the mid-80s. The original Pizzagate. Yeah, but you know, those those uh, quack enthusiasts of, of Pizzagate never look at the Chuck E. Cheeses themselves. Why not? Why? Why? Stephanie is saying this because she's deep state. No. She's, she's deep in the Clinton no, but we money all know laundering. Chuck E. Cheese's do harbor pedophiles, but how come they never target the Chuck E. Cheese's? Why? I was listening to Generation Y last night. You know what they were saying? What? 
Go online, go to the sex offender registry, oh. type in your zip code, and you'll find out. Oh, there's so many. Yeah, they're everywhere. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's terrifying. Anyway, this is not the pedophile podcast. <laughs> That'll be the next one when we get into Epstein. You never answered my question about the Chuck E. Cheese pedophile rings, huh? I have huh? no idea. I'm not into Pizzagate, <laughs> Stephanie. I'm making a joke. I'm hated by people who like Pizzagate. Or- I'm just saying these people who come up with these conspiracies never look at the most obvious fucking places where pedos well, like to hang out. critical thinking and conspiracy theories don't go to together <laughs> and they're also that's not there's no fun in that <laughs> anyway back to the dogman this is a dogman podcast we're getting doggy people that live around bray road often talk about a strange feeling of being watched strange shapes are seen by the farmers and unidentified noises can be heard coming from the woods at night mysterious cattle mutilations are a common occurrence this is something i was watching last night it's true hmm. stephanie have you ever been walking alone in the woods and suddenly got the feeling you're being watched yes Because where I grew up, we didn't have suburbs. I mean, there were suburbs, but not like the way that you see them, let's say, in Overland Park. So in my military town growing up, it was more like neighborhoods. And around these neighborhoods that had been built, I think, around the late 70s and the early 80s, there were like these big lots Mm -hmm. that still had a lot of forested areas, which we as kids called the woods. (laughs) There were also, uh, there are nature trails up behind the high school and creepy people hang out there. And we were told... Don't fucking go into the woods because uh, hobos hang out in the woods and crackheads hang out in the woods and Satanists hang out in the woods. And sometimes you would be in the woods and shit would go quiet. And it was really, really creepy. And you would get the feeling that someone may be watching you. You'd also get a feeling maybe today was not the day you were going to take that shortcut to your friend's house through said woods. So, yes, experienced it. I have experienced it as well, especially at sundown, what they call twilight time. It's like the woods have eyes and they are staring into your very soul. I believe what I have experienced is known as the psychic staring effect, a phenomenon in which humans detect being stared at by extrasensory means. I believe we all have this ability. We are all hardwired with this adaptation. I believe it is rooted in evolutionary biology. When I was eight years old, I was walking home from school one day. Now, this was Central Texas. And I took a shortcut through the woods. Yes, there are woods in Texas for you people who have never been to Texas. Texas is vast. You, you New Yorkers and Californianers and, you know, which I was. But I was honestly, well. why would you want to go to Texas? I'm sorry for our Texas listeners, but seriously, guys. Okay. I, I got to get back to my story. Okay. Back to the story. This was in Central Texas. There are woods. West Texas, there are no woods. <laughs> I took a shortcut through the woods. There was no fog. I don't do woods with fog. Never that. <laughs> While walking along the trail, I heard a voice. It was calling my name. I sensed, I felt a presence nearby. I saw motion in the bushes, and I ran. I got the hell out of there. (laughs) I told my parents the next day, and we left. They believed it had something to do with, of course, Satan. (laughs) This was the 80s, after all. And by Satan, I mean devil worshippers. Geraldo Satanism. Yeah, yeah. Not Levian Satanism. <laughs> not that metal shit. No, no way. No, 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 no. Not the <laughs> Ayn Rand knockoff shit. No, the, you know, they're going to bury you in the... the, the, the and the music is, you know... Le, 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 you know, that stuff. <laughs> the oogie boogie Satanism. <laughs> I was very disturbed by what happened. I would even go as far to say I was traumatized. Because it was really scary. It was scary, yeah. Maybe it was kids from school. Maybe it was Michael Jackson. <laughs> Or maybe it was a dog man. I don't know. <laughs> but but the dog was, man aren't in, in Texas. That is 
you're wrong about this. What? I have seen the map. Oh, God. There is a map. <laughs> I have seen the fucking map. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know my shit when it comes to the dog, man. Oh, no. no. <laughs> it was not my imagination. Someone or something was watching me, stalking me. You can always tell when a predator is around because the forest grows eerily still, just like Stephanie said. Yes. It's it's an unnatural feeling. It's hard to articulate. It's hard to put into words. Well, birds will often stop calling. The insects will stop making noises. Things go quiet. It gets too quiet. It gets too quiet. That's the issue. And all of a sudden, you can hear everything moving in the if there's any kind of wind. Whatever it is, and it, it gets it's creepy. It is really creepy. That's the siren telling you to get the fuck get the out fuck of there. Out, yeah, and it, it weirdly enough, it even happens. I would say in in our urban jungles, if you will, in the, in these big cities. And I've lived um, not in giant big cities, but I've lived in Kansas City and have worked in areas where there's large populations, and then where it does get violent at night. And you can actually feel the energy shift towards malevolence at night sometimes, and it it. It's creepy. I don't know what it is. Sometimes it's like, I nope, I'm not walking you, dog. It's too late at night. <laughs> I'm not taking you out. I'm not taking the garbage out. It's just going to have to wait until the morning. Too bad. Well, there's a reason why our ancestors feared the dark. There were monsters. Yeah. Here be monsters. <laughs> the American wilderness is so vast with so much horror hidden beneath the surface. And if you look underneath the wrong rock, you will find a nest of spiders or a dogman. Or her, perhaps there is no such thing as a dogman. Perhaps it's some hoaxer in a wear dogman costume. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the principle of Occam's razor sometimes is correct. The the principle of Occam's razor, you mean the principle of limited imagination, as <laughs> I, mean, I like to call it. I mean the principle that it could be actually some deranged freak uh, dressing up in animal skins and putting on his animal claws to do stupid shit and scare people. The physics of that are ridiculous. You do realize this, right? <laughs> Not for it's, everything. It's in Hannibal. That's a TV show. It doesn't work like that in real life. Yeah, some of it could be a bear, and other times it could be it could be a guy. Okay. How do you know? Okay. I will say there are unexplained animal attacks all across North America. In 2019, Brenda Hamilton, age 77, teacher by profession, was viciously mauled to death by an unknown animal while walking her dogs. Something bit and clawed her to death. EMS personnel arrived to find Hamilton suffering from catastrophic injuries to both arms, both legs, and her scalp was torn off. Yummy. She was ripped to shreds. Have you ever seen what a body looks like after being mauled to death by an animal? It isn't pretty. I looked at the photos, so you don't have to. Good, because I don't want to look at those photos. According to the autopsy, animal and human DNA was found in the bite wounds. Explain that. I mean, it could be an animal. It doesn't have to be a dog, man. But animal and human DNA, like a hybrid. Yeah, like someone a hybrid, with a like big a, cat, someone like, with a fucking animal. So you're saying that an, an animal bitter than a human bitter in the same place? Why not? That's weird. Why not? There's a lot of fucking freaks in the United States. We're full of them. It also could just be a pack of wild dogs. I mean, that's possible. Her dogs were also there, so they could be looking at the wounds, maybe trying to help her. Dogs are known to do that. There was no blood found on the dogs. That was the initial theory, like I said, is that they thought it was her And dogs. they were little dogs, right? I think so. I don't remember the dogs, honestly. Well, in my brain, they're, they're little dogs. I'm going to imagine that they're little miniature poodles or shih tzus or some shit like that. But, yeah. Studies do show dog attacks are on the rise in the last few years, especially since the pandemic. 
Fatal dog attacks, or attacks by a canine-type animal, have risen by over 82% since 1980. Some zoologists believe that animal attacks increase during times of societal strife or collapse. In other words, human behavior can affect animal aggression. Now, like I said before, initially the police suspected her own dogs killed her. Her little dogs. A lot of people, well, a lot of dog owners, I was reading online doing my research for this case, dogs will eat their owners after they're dead. Like if... If they've been in there for like a week, yeah, that happens. Oh, I- no, it's sometimes a lot sooner. <laughs> yeah. There's some really gross stuff about pets <laughs> online. You know uh, what? But I, th- it's fine. I'm dead. You know what? If I die and my animals are trapped in the fucking house with my rotting corpse, have at it. Survive. This was easily disproven, and the exact cause of death remains unexplained. They just say, yeah, it was dogs. Whatever. <laughs> Moving on. Gotta, gotta go kill some black people, you know, because that's what the police do now. <laughs> The area where her body was found is known as a hot spot for, wait for it, the dog man. <laughs> Kentucky, February 2020. A 13-year-old disabled boy named Corey was found mauled to death by what the county coroner, who it should be noted, is quite familiar with deaths associated with wolves and dogs, described as an unknown canine animal. Is this man even a doctor? Yes. Okay, because not, they're not all doctors. I have done my homework. Okay. I have done my own research. Okay. I don't mean just looking it up on Twitter. <laughs> That's what most people think research is, or, or, or Facebook. Facebook. They mean Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that Facebook thread? <laughs> no. I went to a right-wing website or a left-wing website, and it told me what chemicals are toxic. It confirmed my biases. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the woods near where the boy's body was found are said to be inhabited by animal men who feed on human beings. These legends are older than the founding of America itself. Native Americans believe them to be evil spirits that lived in the forest. This is a Native American idea. So go ahead and make yourself a racist and make fun of Native Americans. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> There's also the Kentucky Hellhound that witnesses have reported seeing in the rural areas of the state, which is like the entire state because it's all fucking rural. It's all a hell. Yeah. Hellish landscape. It's all poor. <laughs> the pores, as Stephanie likes to say, the pores. I say that as how, that's how the rich think of us. Yeah. Well, well, I don't, because I'm rich. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) The Kentucky Hellhound isn't like the Hellhounds in the UK. The Hellhounds in the UK are supposedly supernatural. But these are supposed to be animals that kill and eat other animals. A very weird animal, but an animal nonetheless. People have found goats and cows killed and partially eaten. It takes a very big animal to kill and eat a cow. Yeah, this like is, a big cat. This isn't some hoaxer in a Bigfoot suit stuff. This isn't even the fattest neck beard can't do that. <laughs> you believe this is El Chupacabra, don't you? That's racist. How, how is that racist? If it's an because El Chupacabra. Because El Chupacabra is a myth invented by the Nazis to make Mexicans scary. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> Sightings of El Chupacabras were first reported in Puerto Rico during the 70s. You think Nazis are in Latin America? This is some galaxy brain shit. (laughs) Nazis escaped to Argentina after World War II. Dr. Pohl fled to Brazil. No, he didn't. (laughs) Okay, explain to me the scientific nature of the Mexican goat sucker. How is this more plausible? We are both arguing from a place of insanity, okay? (laughs) Both the dogmen and El Chupacabra are cryptids. Yeah. Stephanie, I know you don't believe, but for the sake of our listeners, define what a cryptid is. Define it for the normies, the normal people. We're weirdos, so we know, but the normies need to know. We're speaking Uh, Greek. uh, Okay, cryptids are an unknown creature originating from folklore, often mythological in nature, but not necessarily supernatural, whose entire existence is dismissed as nonsense by the scientific establishment. 
because usually there's no proof of these animals. We haven't found a specimen. And when she said scientific establishment, she, she means the denizens of Epstein's Pedo Island. <laughs> the Nazis, because that's what the most scientists are. They're Nazis. Elon Musk, he's a Nazi. We lost. We just lost the Bitcoin demographic. They're just... Did we ever have the Bitcoin? Oh, I think we did. We had a Bitcoin yeah. demographic? Yep. People, well, people on social media. I don't care. I don't want you as a fan. Bye. Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, I do think you're getting had if you're buying Bitcoin. I'm just going to say that right now. Putin loves Bitcoin. Yes, he does love the Bitcoin. And that's racist for me to talk <laughs> like this. Anyway, El Chupacaba drains its victims of blood. It doesn't maul its victims. It's a different MO. Yeah. And I believe they have two fangs, and this is like a bite. El Chupacaba's got like two fangs. I, I have seen pictures of it. No, 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 I take it. it back. They have four fangs. I have seen pictures where it looks like a hairless fucking mangy dog. Not the mangy dog pictures. I just mean the illustrations. Yeah. Whatever El Chupacabra is. I'm sure know. most scientists think it was a pit bull that killed an Ada cow. I bet that doc, that's Dr. Fauci's explanation. It was probably Kanye West on PCP <laughs> in a pit bull costume. PCP is some mad shit, especially if you have schizophrenia like Kanye West. Ooh, I said it. Michigan also has a dogman problem. In fact, some believe the Wisconsin dogman and the Michigan incarnation are the same creature or creatures. The backwoods of Michigan have been terrorized by the creature for the last 130 years, dating back to 1887. That is when two lumberjacks saw a creature they described as having a man's body and a dog's head. According to legend, the dogman reemerges to humans in a 10-year cycle that falls on years ending in the number seven. The lucky years. We get lucky. We get dogman. That just seems really, like, convoluted and conspiratorial. Like, oh, it ends in a year. It's not convoluted. On the number it's a, seven. It's, 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 mytholo- it's a legend. You know, that's how they are. On a year ending in seven. Other sightings begin to trickle in throughout the upper peninsula of Michigan, and locals found animal man tracks in the dirt around several deceased horses. The horses allegedly perished of fright. Well, that could happen to horses. It's kind of freaky, though. Yeah, that has happened Also, to the word animal man, is, that doesn't scare you. Nothing will. Animal man, animal man. Try as you might, there's an animal man. <laughs> So what about feral humans? An evolutionary throwback. There have been cases where children were raised by animals in the wilderness. You have no language and hunt like predators. Did you ever think of that? Yes. You could be like Nell. I don't like that movie. (laughs) (laughs) These feral humans also could be suffering from congenital porphyria, the sufferers of which are often jaundiced and have hairy skin extreme sensitivity to light that would force them to go out mainly at night or risk tissue damage. I'm familiar with that condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was Queen Victoria who spread all that shit around. Yeah. Interestingly enough. In addition, it's possible these feral humans are sufferers of hypertrichosis, a rare condition causing excessive hair anywhere on a person's body due to generations of inbreeding. Stephanie, are you accusing the good people of Michigan of inbreeding? Um, Have you been watching too much Dr. Pole, the Nazi vet? When you see a lot of people with super close spaced eyes, yeah, maybe. (laughs) Guys. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Dr. Pole (laughs) is the show that explains how Trump won Michigan in 2016. I never knew Michigan was Alabama with a few cities in between. (laughs) I call Dr. Pole the dead dog show. Oh. I love Dr. Pole. It's a Pole. show about <laughs> toothless farmers and dead dogs. Although I do get fucking pissed when all those people just 
refuse to vaccinate their animals and they're like oh it's dying of a preventable disease that's a deadly fucking virus like parvo Uh-oh. or distemper i hate that what word. should i, I don't fucking even do? i don't even like the word parvo it's, just... it's well they're disgusting diseases they're ho- horrible it sounds like someone shoveling shit in their mouth yeah every episode about dr pole is dead dog <laughs> someone sticking their arm up a cow's ass <laughs> and a sick gerbil or a dog comes in with porcupine quills stuck in its face. That would be my dog if we lived in a place with porcupines. She would do that. No, your dog would just be dead because they get caught in barbed wire and die. No, 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 no. She's smart, but she she's not smart when it comes to uh, prey animals. She is not. There is a squirrel right now that is vexing her so, quite, <laughs> quite badly. Stephanie, tell us about Robert Fortney. In 1938, 17-year-old Robert Fortney claimed that while fishing near a river in Paris, Michigan, he was confronted by a massive black dog. It was like nothing he had ever seen. He swore the beast reared up on its hind legs and stared him down with piercing yellow eyes. Terrified, he got his rifle and fired at the creature and it quickly fled. Fortney remained traumatized by the event for years to come. He said, and I quote, it may be that I was just scared, but I swear that the dog thing turned his head and smiled at me, end quote. Tell me that's not a terrifying image. This hairy thing on its hind legs grinning at him like a demented fiend. I want to point out that the sneer of this grin is a detail that you will often find when you read into these dog sightings, which I think is really weird. This idea it's grinning or it's like smirking. Well, predators, when their mouth hangs open full of teeth, can often look like they're grinning. So, what if it was just a bear walking upright? Haven't you seen the videos that are on YouTube? I mean, they're kind of freaky when they do that. I do think that some instances of dogmen's hidings are bears behaving strangely, or mundane wolves or other canines doing something odd. Because, you know, animals do weird shit. Yeah. And it's easy for the human mind to turn a normal animal into a monster. Most sightings are most likely misidentifications or outright hoaxes. Right. Having said that... The eyewitness accounts generally describe something fundamentally horrifying and behaviors entirely unlike anything known from bears or wolves. In my research, I noticed there is something profoundly traumatic about encountering a dogman. It's like they have seen something that was never meant to be seen. Lots of PTSD from people with alleged encounters from dogmen. Let's not automatically discount that. I know, you know... No, I'm not discounting Trauma that. is an overused term nowadays, but... Unfortunately, yes. It's... There is a lot of that, and I. It seems like they're, they're for years. This this guy, uh, Robert uh, or, or Fortney, he was traumatized. Yeah. As was the guy uh, in, that found the the night watchman who found the one digging in the mound. Yeah. So they saw something. We just don't know what it is. Many species of animal were once considered mythological. Once upon a time, people thought the idea of a platypus was laughable, and it kind of is if you think about it. <laughs> they're so cute. When you think about it, a semi-aquatic poisonous mammal that lays eggs and has the beak of a duck and the tail of a beaver seems a little far-fetched. Except it's real. Very real. Same goes for the Komodo dragon. Hold on, they're uh, poisonous? Yes. I never knew that about them. They are. Well, how are they poisonous? And when I describe this, doesn't this sound like... this is? By the way, this is something that used to be... No, I know, because I learned about it in school, oddly And enough. when I sound this, it sounds ridiculous. Yeah, they would show us pictures. It was, I think, in middle school. This sounds biology. like something I made up. Yeah. You know? It doesn't sound real. Yeah, they used to show us pictures, and they, they talked about this very phenomenon. And it could be possible that the dog man, with its smiling, grinning face, is also real. 
it's just hard to not find a specimen of said dog man um, when so much of America is heavily populated. Well, I'm going to get to that in a minute. And filled with cars and shit. But Bray Road, that place is kind of isolated. Hmm. It's wilderness. Like I said, the American wilderness is vast. Obviously, someone or something is out there, whatever it is. It's freaky and nearly completely unbelievable if it's a dog man. So if a dog man exists, where are the puppies? A better question. Where are the corpses of dead dog men? There are several animals you rarely find skeletons of. Not many people have found black bears or bobcats, at least to my knowledge when I was doing research, outside of them being hit on the road. I think it has to do with the fact that they're reclusive creatures. Predators tend to be reclusive creatures. So and the dog they, man is an apex predator by default. If it's real. If it is. Yeah, we're assuming it's real. Under the assumption it's real. It's You're an, assuming it's real. I'm assuming it's real. You're assuming it's a Mexican goat sucker. I am not assuming that You're either. You're assuming it was created by Dr. Pohl. <laughs> I'm not assuming that either. <laughs> okay, dogman theories. First off, dogman is a canine that walks on two legs and smiles because he just got laid. <laughs> he is walking on sunshine. <laughs> well, Maybe. I do that when I get laid. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> dog man is a werewolf. No. <laughs> new species of wolf. This is actually my theory. I believe it's an, uh, an, a new form of wolf or some kind of highly evolved wolf. Random person in a furry suit. This is Stephanie's theory. How, it also could be random person in a furry suit with, with his illegal wild animal that shouldn't be kept as a pet. So it's like a Spider-Man villain or something. I Look, there's a lot of weird fucking people that live out in the woods called hillbillies, and they make moonshine, and maybe they keep uh, ocelots and tigers and Stephanie, shit. Stephanie, why are you hating on the good people of Wisconsin and Michigan? <laughs> this is also Kentucky. We should be inter- I'm also talking about Kentucky. We should be interviewing them in diners <laughs> about why they voted for Trump. Have it's- you ever watched Tiger King? Have you ever watched these weirdos out there with their fucked up animals they shouldn't own i don't need to i've watched dr pole <laughs> dog man came from the other universe what's the other universe? i don't know this was on a list i found the other what is the other the universe? multiverse oh you, my you, god you know where spider-man came from no. the, the three spider-mans they came from the multiverse <laughs> no <laughs> into the spider-verse dog man might be a prehistoric wolf known as a dire wolf eh. This is probably my second theory. Okay, if that's that's true, that'd be really fucking cool. But I don't think that's true. Dog man might be a new species of human, a wolf that evolved into a human. I, I love this idea. That is such a stretch, and no. It's awesome. No, absolutely it, it's not. It's so metal. No. <laughs> Dog man might be a super soldier mutant monster. Well, this sounds like uh, Umanzi or something <laughs> with werewolves. Mountain bear pig. <laughs> it sounds like a Wolfenstein boss. Random wolf escaped from Circus or Zoo. Maybe one of them, but not all of them. Not all of them. But see, that's what I mean. Like, a lot of these, like, occurrences could be several different things, right? Well, we're about to get to my favorite theory. <laughs> not my theory, but my favorite theory. <laughs> Dogman is actually a demon. Of course. Supposedly, there is a cult in Elkhorn that goes back centuries. And that symbol found in the trees, that symbol... The town is named after is the symbol of the cult, and it worships, you guessed it, the dog man. <laughs> I love this. I love everything about this. It's like the Blair Witch. You know what? They could be creating a tulpa by doing that fucking shit if that's real. We're back to tulpas. <laughs> that word is banned. 
by declaration, but I by decree I ban tulpas from this podcast. <laughs> Fuck tulpas. Dogman might be a human wolf hybrid with alien DNA. Okay. Okay. So it's- why aliens? <laughs> No. To shapeshift into a human, human form, to werewolf, werewolf form, and into a wolf, wolf form. They have three forms. Human, werewolf, wolf. Um. <laughs> I hate this. This is dumb. The last one, number 12. Dog man is a deep state psyop. <laughs> this is a Chris Knowles theory, I'm assuming. Sorry, Chris. Maybe it is an anti-vaxxer who has been Joe Roganated. <laughs> causing him to transform, to regress into a hairy humanoid, although Joe Rogan is pretty bald. A little ivermectin goes a long way. So what's your theory? I mean, like I said, I think it could be a lot of different things. It could be, you know, mangy bears or bears, mangy wolves or wolves, maybe the rabid animals. We haven't talked about that, that animals who have rabies behave strangely because it's infecting their brain. <laughs> I'm sure that some of the cases are that. Yeah, I think some of them are. Maybe even digging into But there's graves. that 1%... The thing digging in the graves that... I think some of it could actually be people. I do think people could be using this to um, commit crimes. So I think that maybe there are some weirdos. You're not going to say the T word, are you? Uh, no. Well. <laughs> oh, no. Here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> Only if that culty thing is true. Because, again, if enough people believe a thing is real, then it takes on a life of its form. And it's... It's possible, but I don't. I don't really know. I don't know. It could be a tulpa, well, uh, but I don't think so. Uh, okay, since you said the tulpa, <laughs> I'm pulling the mystical Native American card as a hail mary. And when we come back, we're going to talk about skinwalkers after we play this clip from the X Files. Tell me, Ish, what did you see? Watkins had been attacked by an animal when he was alone in the woods. His scars healed, he was forgotten. Then the murders began. The tray goes. We realize that Watkins had been attacked by what the Algonquins call the Manitou. An evil spirit capable of changing a man into a beast. To be attacked by a Manitou causes the victim to become one. They healed scars on Joe Goodensnake's body. The Manitou overtakes a man by night, not by full moon. But when its bloodlust builds to uncontrollable level, the man changes to a sickening creature. It kills, releasing the savage energy. The man returns to his true self, unaware of what has happened. The cycle begins anew the next day. This continues until death. One night, when I was 16 years old, I was coming back from fishing at the Cutbank Creek. I knew a shortcut behind Watkins' house. There was a a groan, not animal, but not human. I looked into his window. He was covered in sweat and blood. He was in a great, great pain. 
His arm, the skin ripped. It tore up and fell to the floor. Claws sprang from his fingernails. He turned, screaming. And he saw me. His eyes. His eyes were still human. They begged me to kill him. And if I had been hunting and had my gun, I'd have done it without a second thought. But being a boy, and scared to death, I ran away. Shortly after, the police killed him. But the Manitou rose again. Eight years later. But with Watkins dead, how could there have been an attack by Manitou? Watkins had a son. and could be passed along bloodlines. Stephanie, the time has come. My mystery of the unknown books are on display, along with my pure mood CD. <laughs> I hear the ritual drum beats are coming, primordial fire, an ominous moonlit sky. There's a charge in the air, flashing images of coyotes and wolves. <laughs> we have talked about the dogman, so I thought it was only fitting that we talk about the werewolf legend from the original inhabitants of this continent. Time for us to deep dive into the political minefield that is the mystical Native American stereotypes from the 1990s. <laughs> the cultural appropriation has already begun. So, Stephanie, tell all the white devils and colonizers in our audience about the skinwalker. <laughs> Skinwalkers are essentially Native American shapeshifters from Navajo mythology, the werewolf or dogman of indigenous people a mystical shaman or witch who uses ritual magic to transform into or disguise themselves as animals, monstrous coyotes, wolves, bears, foxes, eagles, owls, or crows. They can be either male or female. The skinwalker is called Yi Naldushi by the Navajo, which translates to, with it, he goes on all fours. It is just one of many types of Navajo witches and is considered the most vicious and dangerous. Navajo witches, including skinwalkers, represent the antithesis of Navajo cultural values. While shaman and medicine men are seen as a force for good in the local indigenous community, witches are seen as evil, performing dark rites and manipulating magic in a perversion of the ceremonies medicine people traditionally perform. Navajo witchcraft is the type of witchcraft that is known as the witchery way, which uses human corpses in rituals such as tools from the bones and concoctions that are used to curse, harm, or kill intended victims. These evil shaman or witches are also said to engage in necrophilia with corpses, commit cannibalism, incest, and grave robberies to harvest a powder from corpses and then use the dust as poison on their victims. Traditional Navajo people are reluctant to reveal skinwalker lore to non-Navajos or to discuss it at all among those they do not trust. 
It is believed that the mere act of talking about skinwalkers can summon them into existence. The Navajo claim that they can tell when a skinwalker is close by. His or her presence is signaled by the sudden barking of dogs at night. A trickle of dirt descending into a hogan from the smoke hole, dislodged by the creature on the roof. Or odd, unexplained noises outside. The transformed leave behind tracks, and generally these prints are bigger than the tracks of the actual animal whose skin the interloper wears. When the trail is followed, it often leads to the home of the tribe member practicing the black arts. According to Navajo traditions, skinwalkers were once healers and medicine men who were corrupted by their own powers and turned to evil. Very similar to the Sith from Star Wars, they were seduced by the dark side of the Force. Another way to become a skinwalker involves the ritualized killing and then eating of someone close to them. By performing this act, the soon-to-be skinwalkers lose any humanity left in them. Beware, once you become a skinwalker, you cannot undo it. It's like becoming a fan of Tim Pool, the Nazi guy on YouTube with the beanie. There is no coming back from that. What's done is done. Your soul is a eter- your soul is eternally damned forever. <laughs> For the Navajo people, witchcraft is just another part of their spirituality and one of the many ways of their lives. As such, witchcraft has long been part of their culture, history, and traditions. Witches exist alongside humans and are not supernatural. It's just life to them, you know? The skinwalkers are supposedly all-powerful beings that are near impossible to kill. Some legends say a bullet, a knife, or spear dipped in white ash might, might be able to kill a skinwalker. Keyword here is might. <laughs> Shamanistic werewolves. It does not get any cooler than that. <laughs> what if, what if the dogman is actually a skinwalker? The skinwalker is said to be a trickster. They like to fuck with people. Most white people think Native Americans are the wise elder, the aggressive drunk, the Indian princess. Oh, so many Indian princesses. And Pocahontas. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> the loyal sidekick, the obese and impoverished. That all indigenous people live in teepees and look like caricatures from the 1700s. That all tribes are all the same or all the tribes stand together as one. You know, this is on Twitter. You'll see this like, all di- indigenous people stand together. They don't. They don't. A lot of tribes don't like each other. They fought and killed each other. Which is one of the reasons why they lost to the invading colonizers. A divided people will fall. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's very true. If you look even in your ancient European history, all the different tribes of the Celts, same reason. When the Romans went on the warpath and took over, it was very easy for them in some ways because they... They were fighting against all these disparate groups. Well, I'm going to say something that's going to blow people away. (laughs) Native Americans are human beings. (laughs) As such, some are good and some are bad. Very bad. Because they're humans. So story time. I once knew a Native American man who claimed to be a skinwalker. His words, not mine. His name was George. He was a Vietnam vet. It was the 80s. Arizona. I was living at that damn ranch I've talked about before. In the same podcast where we uh, took a nice big shit on Alex Jones, which always (laughs) feels good. Taking a shit on Alex Jones always feels good. George was banished from his tribe. He was Navajo. Uh, He claimed to have raped, killed, and eaten three women. 
he would uh, show me pictures of bodies he had killed in Vietnam to scare me. He took selfies with dead bodies. And how old were you? I don't know, six or seven. That's a little young I'm bad for that. At math, you know this. Now, in the podcast I alluded to, we talked about how there had been a number of cattle mutilations on this ranch. The name of the ranch is the Casa Rosa Ranch. And uh, some people thought it was aliens. A lot of people, including the owner of the ranch, Bill, thought it was Mexicans and Native Americans. <laughs> Jesus. It was minorities, you know? <laughs> Marginalized people. I know. They're savages. Man. Well, you know, George, though, given what he was saying, it makes sense he'd be a suspect. Because he's bragging about being a skinwalker. You know? He's bragging about raping and murdering women. And also being a skinwalker, mm-hmm. which kind of goes together. Um, now, before anybody says, oh, you're othering Native Americans, blah, blah, blah. Well, my adopted father was a Native American. Mm-hmm. I have been around many Native Americans. I've been on reservations. There is some truth to the stereotypes that, you know, there's a lot of alcoholics, but because their land was taken away from them, guys. Yeah, there. Uh, a lot of the reservations are very impoverished, and the American government is still victimizing many of the tribes and people on these reservations to this very day. Well, they don't care. They don't care about Native Americans. And guess what? Most white people don't either. I know, I know. You know, they couldn't care less. It's just like the homeless. Not to compare the Native Americans to homeless people, although I don't think that's, you know, negative. There's nothing wrong with being homeless. It's not your fault. Yeah. But just like uh, the homeless, they don't care about Native Americans. No. And right now they're actively uh, trying to steal their land and water where those pipelines are up north in the Midwest. Uh, there's a there's a lot of shit going on. Also, this is something that I think we've talked about, maybe discussing because like plague of missing indigenous women across the U.S. and the Canadian border, and it has to do with these oil drillers and the men that go into these yeah, areas. Yeah, yeah, it's typical. So, <laughs> I mean, that's like truck drivers murdering sex workers. But it's an epidemic because nobody. It's an epidemic in that too. Yeah, it's nobody gives a good goddamn that these pe- that it's happening at all, and it's just hundreds and thousands of women. Go, not hundreds of thousands, but just thousands of women have gone missing over several years, and, and no one's doing anything. Now, this ranch I was living on as a child, um, there were people that lived nearby the ranch who were involved in organized crime. Of course. And uh, George was supposedly an enforcer for organized crime. This is one of the jobs he had, given that he was apparently a psychopath. Yeah, I was about to say, what better than a psychopath? <laughs> George is like the stereotype of the savage you know, Indian man. Like he's like, he's, he's a terrible representation of what a native American is. Mm -hmm. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. But at the ranch, there was all these secret rooms and there literally was one you can open with a, there was a piano and you could type the key and it would open this, it would slide. Like it's like something out of clue or I don't know, one of those resident evil games, you know, (laughs) that's so cool. And there was a weird library in there, weird, Books. Some say books on witchcraft. I don't know if that's true or not. It, it almost sounds like a Prohibition era type style secret room. And maybe that's where it started. Yeah, you were saying offline that, you know, you saw this said something to do with sex trafficking. I don't really know. I didn't see anything like that. I mean, granted, well, I, I mean, was any trafficking. Like if you're, if you're, you know, moving uh, it was illegal the 80s, substances. It was probably drugs. It's probably cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably cocaine and heroin. Let's be real. But there was something about George that did bother me. And it's the fact that I can only recall... Uh, seeing him at night and as we know skinwalkers only come out at night <laughs> according to the legend it's not a skinwalker he's just an evil person so you're saying the native american legends are bullshit no i'm saying i think people have reasons for explaining 
why human beings are monstrous and do monstrous things. You don't believe in shape-shifting? No. Why not? I, I think if you... Why are, do you believe in tulpas but not shape-shifting? Well, because I think it's still more of a spiritual sense or a metaphysical. For the record, I don't believe in shape-shifting either, okay? It's more of a metaphysical, like, shifting, I, if you would, of maybe the psyche or the spirit or something like that. In that way, I could say, yeah, that's kind of true. You don't believe that Native Americans can turn into animal men no, and kill people? No, 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 no. No. Well, you're no fun. <laughs> no. So that's Stephanie on the record saying she doesn't believe in shape-shifting Native American. I mean, that'd be fucking cool. Dog men. If if indigenous people had superpowers, but no, I don't. I don't think they. Well, do. there are indigenous people <laughs> that agree more with you in reincarnation, and they yes. do. They do believe that. Like uh, I remember, there was when I was growing up, we uh, asked some indigenous people to go fishing with us, mm -hmm. and they said no because that was their ancestors. Right. Well, that's they that's, don't eat their ancestors. Well, they are not cannibals. But that's one tribe's you know interpretation of of how their souls live on, right? But it's a silly belief. Mm, I mean, I don't believe in transmigration of the soul. I do believe in reincarnation. But I don't want to like My crap point on is, people. Is all of us have silly Buddhists beliefs. Buddhists believe in transmigration. There's a lot of silly beliefs. Yeah. Like Islam <laughs> or Jesus. Christianity is full the, of the bonkers. Jesus is a silly belief. I'm sorry, Mel Gibson. It's silly. <laughs> Mel Gibson, you are a silly man. I mean, he's basically like a King Arthur legend at this point. I don't believe in Jesus. That's going to be a whole episode where I... Oh, I think he was real. I, I just don't think he was what... I, I have a very different take on on who he was as a person. I, I'm gonna, we're going to have a whole episode where I shatter Jesus. Oh, God. But my theory about the dogman has evolved, because I'm sitting here thinking about it. <laughs> More? Maybe Elkhorn is a cult. Maybe that one of those you know the theories we talked about is true. Uh-huh. Maybe they worship a man in a dogman suit. He dresses up like a dogman. Yeah. Maybe it's like a pagan thing. Maybe it's cultural appropriation. Ask yourself, why would the town refuse to capitalize on the legend of the dogman? No t-shirts, no merch. They don't want to talk about it. That is weird. Don't you find that? Yeah, don't you find that a little weird? That's weird because anytime there's some kind of local legend, I mean, any small, small town. Small town people love to make money off that shit. Well, it's not just that. They need the income. Small towns literally need the income because they're dying. They love to make bank... Off of folklore and legends. It yeah. Is, yeah, it's an They're easy They're dying buck. because Reagan killed them. <laughs> he and they did. voted for him twice. And he was like, <laughs> bang, bang, you're dead, motherfuckers. Yeah, he ruined our, our downtown here at, uh, in Leavenworth. And it was it was a hopping downtown when I was a kid. I, for a long time, it was beautiful. So maybe they do worship something, except it isn't real. <laughs> it's just some guy dressed up in the suit as this thing, this entity, this creature they worship in secret. I will say about Wisconsin, there is great darkness mm -hmm. in that land, as we have mm -hmm. observed. And then Native Americans are a part of that because, you know, it's stolen land from them. And all the names are Native American. Yeah. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I don't know if they were also forced onto those some of those areas through the Trail of Tears. I don't think it was up in that I, Yeah, area. I don't know if it was quite up in that far mm -hmm. north. I, don't, I, don't I know they that. went into um, Oklahoma, obviously. And, now, and then further into the southwest, they got lumped over there. We have debunked the satanic panic in a previous episode. But there are a lot of cults in America. America is full of these weird, isolated communities with strange beliefs. I don't even think this is a controversial statement. Ritual is a daily routine for many Americans. Mm -hmm. We are living in the age of QAnon. Millions believe in that nonsense. They get on their computer and they get on their Facebook and they get into nonsense. And it's gotten people killed. And it's going to get more people killed. Yeah. And it's going to lead probably to a civil war. But we can sit here and smile and just watch the country burn because that's all we can do. <laughs> just like we're watching Ukraine burn, but we're going to get to that. 
a small town dogman cult. It's within the realm of extreme possibility, I think. This is all just speculation. We're not, a, you know, we're not accusing anybody. Yeah, anything it's or just my pet theory. Your little theory. Yeah. The mystery of the dogman will remain elusive. Maybe it's better we don't know. And that's kind of all I have to say about the dogman. Who knows? <laughs> okay. So the next thing we're going to talk about is dogman or werewolves in pop culture. And I always go back to the same thing over and over again. So we're going to talk a little bit about the X-Files in this episode from the first season called Shapes. Now, would this episode make my top 10 of season one? No, but it is a solid werewolf episode. The episode involves uh, the killing of a Native American man by two white ranchers. They hear scary noises at night in the cold open, and there's like, looks like a werewolf. It attacks the rancher's son. He is shot by the elder rancher. The reveal is it's a Native American man who's been shot and killed. Mm -hmm. So Mulder and Scully go to Montana, and they get involved in this uh, reservation homicide, as they call it, a boundary dispute between the Parkers, which are the people that own their land, and the Trago Indian Reservation. Which is a made-up tribe. Yeah, it's fake. (laughs) Like QAnon. Um, (laughs) But it looks, to me, based on what I've seen growing up, it looks like a real reservation. Mm -hmm. They're poor. Yeah. They're in the bar. I've been in bars full of Native Americans. Yeah, there's a lot of poverty. There's a lot of smoke. Yeah. They're playing pool, you know, it's that way. Um, and it does engage in some Native American mysticism, but if you take away that from Native Americans, you just get white people. Yeah. I don't think it stereotypes them. It does, there is a scene where it, it's kind of cringy where the Native American tells Mulder that because his name is Fox Mulder, that, you know, he, he should have a different name and that uh, he's more open than other native americans it's kind of it's kind of doing a little bit of that white savior thing a little Mm. bit and that's a little cringy but i think overall it's a solid scary episode but it's one of those episodes that you know it's never been beloved because it doesn't imply anything about Mulder and scully being in bed together (laughs) it's a great episode so fans are just like still a good scary episode i can't remember it yeah they only talk about the same 20 episodes you know, yeah. was something Jillian Anderson directed in seventh season, the one where Scully gets cancer, which is really good. And then a bunch of other episodes where maybe they slightly hold hands or they <laughs> or they dance together in a dream sequence or some stupid shit like that. You have a scene in this episode, though, where Mulder asks a Native American man if he believes in shapeshifting. And this uh-huh. is an outrage because Mulder, the paranormal believer, why would he ever ask such a silly question, Stephanie, to a Native American man? Why would Mulder, you know, he? how dare Mulder ask if there, he believes in shapeshifting to a Native American man? It's very on brand for Mulder to do weird The characterization like is spot on. Yeah, it's perfect. He, um, would, he would just randomly ask a stranger. In the early seasons, he would do stuff. things like this back when he was interesting. <laughs> you know, before they made him boring in the later seasons. Yeah. I liked it when he was a little more kooky and crazy. I, I did like that. That's Mulder. Mulder. That's Mulder. You know? No. Yeah. I, there is a problem with the episode, though, in terms of the, the monster itself, because they can't do skinwalkers, because skinwalkers are not transmitted through a bite ah. or a scratch. And spoiler, the rancher's son who was attacked, he turns into the new werewolf. Right. But they call it the Manito. Now, the Manito is a deity in Native American theology. Making the Manitou an animal man monster is like calling Charles Manson God. 
it's offensive and stupid. And I don't know why the research there was so bad because they had some good research even yeah. in 94 when yeah. this was made. They had some good research. Well, yeah, because the internet isn't like what you know now where you can find anything and, now. It, and that is something though that they totally are... They just dropped the ball on. Yeah. The, like why didn't they ask actual um, people from There's tribes? other Native Americans they could have used. It could have been a Wendigo. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That would fit more actually. Like what I'm saying is get some consultants on on for your episode if but you're going to do this was indi- back indigenous when it, people. Stephanie, this was back when it was the X-Files, not a third-rate moonlighting knockoff. <laughs> you had this mystique of the early seasons is what made X-Files so cool. Mm-hmm. The world building of the X-Files, that world is the most interesting thing yeah. about it. I know this is a hot take and I know most people only care about Muller and Scully, you know, banging, fangering each other in a hotel room. <laughs> But that's not what I care about. I, I honestly bores me to tears. Couldn't care less. I like the brooding atmosphere, the mm-hmm. general weirdness of it, the glorious 90s paranoia. Yeah. And it's also yeah. something of its time, and you can't recapture that now. There's just no way. It's it's just, we're, t- we're in a different headspace completely than what we were experiencing in the 90s. It's not the same. So the other day on our Twitter account for this podcast... I got into an internet kerfuffle with a bunch of uh, women. Wait, Michael getting in an internet kerfuffle? White women. (laughs) My nemesis. No, you're not. Crazy white women are my nemesis. Mine too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because you know what they are? Karens. There was some account, it was some fangirl account. It tweeted out, uh, do you miss Mulder and Scully or something like that? Or do you miss the X-Files? And I, I subtweeted and I said, uh, yeah, I miss the X-Files. I don't miss the uh, middle-aged housewives writing bad fan fiction or something <laughs> like that. I kicked the hornet's nest. Yeah, Michael thought it was a throwaway tweet. I don't want to hurt anybody, but sometimes a bee has got the sting. <laughs> I just, I can't resist mocking cringy people. Well... I ignited a shitstorm because my mentions on that account and my personal account were blowing up with Uh a bunch of white women screaming at me and telling me I was a loser and my podcast sucks and um, I'm a misogynist. Mm -hmm. And they were all white. Most of them look like crazy cat ladies. When did they start attacking me? Because I wasn't even a part of this. And then they they started well, digging I on me. Well, I brought up the fact that you, Steffi and I have suffered a lot of harassment from the X-Files community. Yeah. We have. Mm-hmm. And I even think it's possible they're the ones. We, we got hacked and they stole money from our bank account. And I think they might a even. A large amount. And it's been a fucking pain in the ass. And I initially got blamed for this. So I was a little pissed off. <laughs> you know? I'm sorry, baby. It's okay. <laughs> I was a little pissed off. So I kind of, you know, sometimes I just can't help myself. I unleashed my true nature, which is kind of a dick, mm-hmm. you know, and I went after these people. And, you know, there were people that reached out to me that were intelligent and they were, and once they saw where it was coming from, there was like two. Uh, the other, like, 88 or whatever people, they were all just screaming <laughs> harpies. Other hundred uh, weird white Screaming chicks. harpies. <laughs> <laughs> The truth is, the shippers, now for those of you who don't know, shippers are people who want Mulder and Scully, the two main characters of the Axe to get together. And they write all this garbage, perverted, degenerate fanfiction. It's like the Fifty Shades of Grey disgustingness. The truth is, these people destroyed the X-Files. Yeah. Chris Carter knows it. The writers know it. Bad fans were always the real enemy. And it goes for any franchise. Yes. Yeah. Bad fans will kill your shit. This 
persistent demand for romance on the X-Files back in the 90s killed the show. Yeah. Destroyed it. And its legacy, and here's what was funny, is these people were attacking me and insulting me and, and, and criticizing me, and then they would be like, you don't know what real shows are like Bones or Castle. <laughs> these Castle. vapid, empty... <laughs> soap opera shit shows. I hate those shows. Now here's the the really funny part about all this. <laughs> These people all all their profiles it's got like woke, BLM, mm-hmm. feminist, all these empty phrases that mean nothing. On well social they media. call me a whore and fat and all other kinds of yeah, nasty I, things. I tweeted about that. Yeah. And then they said I was lying, I was making it up, trying to gaslight me. Yeah. And then I started posting the pictures of all the emails and all the tweets and all the shitty things they said. And, and the creepy the, pictures they post. Yeah, they they, they were cre- creating manipulations of Scully as a, like... Like 12-year-old girl. With Mulder as her professor, he's gonna fuck. Yeah, yeah. It's perverted, and I don't want to see that shit. And then they try to defend it. There's no defending that. Yeah, they're like, well, I'm a victim or a survivor. I'm like, what is that? That happen- is why you're into this shit. <laughs> yeah. Like you're not you're not doing a good most, defense of this. Most sexual predators were victims first. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget. Okay, yeah, that's the statistics. But what they're arguing for with fan fiction, the whole point of fan fiction is what is known as a trad wife. Now, for those of you who don't speak weird internet gobbledygook, I didn't. <laughs> trad wife is short for traditional wife. Ugh. It refers to a woman, usually a white woman, who prefers to have a traditional or ultra-conservative role in a marriage. Yeah, a very patriarchal, horrible... I'm getting that. ...marriage. Including the belief that a woman's place is in the home and that wives should be under a husband's total control. Mm-hmm. We saw a variation of this recently with Euphoria, even though she's not married, but the uh, one of the girls in Euphoria wanted... She's saying, I'll submit to you in every single way. You can pick my clothes, my hair. And Cassie is her name. And Cassie's the yeah. character. And it is so creepy shippers want this type of relationship for scully with Mulder. yeah this is what the fan fiction movement has always been about just like the pro-life movement has always pretended it's about pro-life but it's really about about subjugating subjugating women women. absolutely to transform scully from a kick-ass independent woman into a weepy submissive doormat for fox Mulder. yeah that is what it's always been an intelligent scientist to a housewife well the scientist thing has always been a, a mask Okay, that the whole thing of her being a scientist, they use that. That's the guys they use, but they really don't even care about that. Or you're, you're saying the shippers, not the show. Well, they, it got into the show because the shippers demanded it. Mm-hmm. Okay, but the, I'm a scientist. She constantly says, I'm a scientist. I looked up to that character. I wanted to be someone like her She's, when I got Scully older. is Clary Starling. Yeah, I wanted to be, like, not necessarily an investigator, but I wanted to be an intelligent that is the uh, original professional woman interpretation of her she's more of an intellectualized yeah sc- and that's clary so, starling like she that character has is actually um responsible for getting more women in, into the sciences the scully effect is the, the, the scully effect and it's but a really lot of cool. that is smoke and mirrors because it's really about shipping and then the shippers go and they just ruin it <laughs> writing porn does not make you a writer <laughs> None of you women are writers. If you're writing just constant fanfics of what they call smut fic. Well, I have read good erotic fiction, and it was actually Anne Rice when she did her pseudonym names. Yeah, but Anne Rice is a writer. She's amazing. Yeah, and that stuff was... She doesn't just write fanfiction. Yeah, if if you want to read, like, actual erotic fiction, check out her pen name books. They're very, very good. These are lonely, sad, pathetic people (laughs) who have the audacity... To champion patriarchy under the guise of feminism. Mm-hmm. 
white feminism is not progressive. It's it a is, cancer. It is white entitlement. Yes. White women entitlement. Yeah. And I was told because I'm a white male, I can have no say in this. <laughs> I need to shut up. They even said they they even said that uh, feminism is not about equality. And I'm like, well, then what the fuck is it? It's about white woman entitlement. It's about the woman with the latte screaming at black people her in superiority. Target. Yeah, yeah, getting her way and feeling oppressed by a piece of paper over her nose and mouth. There is something wrong with grown women who write fanfic of a dead show from the nineties. <laughs> If you do, there's something wrong with you. You can go ahead and unsubscribe. <laughs> Bye-bye. Get a life. Get some therapy. They have warped and distorted the legacy of the X-Files. Shippers destroyed the X-Files and turned it into this weird patriarchal soap opera for white women. I would even say they ruined the the latest uh, two seasons when they brought it back. They fucked that shit up, too, because they were just so demanding that they have like this... Love affair. You know, oh, you got to fix oh, this. I, I thought the last season was really good. No, I like the last seasons. But what I'm saying is I think it turned off other fans of the show, like people who like the X-Files for the X-Files, right? Well, those people left. And then you got to remember, there's another side of the X-Files fan that was just, just crazy men who are into conspiracies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they, they didn't total, like the anti-Trump they stuff. They went real far right, right-wing. But the fan fiction is mostly a fantasy of being sexually dominated. Yeah. And also pairing up characters, like there's a, there's a subgenre of fan fiction, which is about trying to turn uh, straight characters gay or turning gay characters straight, which is grotesque to me. I, I, I agree because it's not the intention of how the writers depict them. And also they carry this into real life when they go to the conventions and they literally ask the actors creepy questions about their sex Well, because sex they're lives. shipping David and Jillian. Yeah, they do it to David and Jillian. They've done it on Supernatural. I was actually thinking of Supernatural and how really gross they're, they've they're, been to those guys. They're like Stephanie. They ship David and Jillian. I don't ship them. Jesus Christ. <laughs> they I'm just per- I'm just saying we should have seen a kiss in the goddamn movie. Okay. That's l- it. I'm getting back to my point. These women project themselves onto their own Stepford wife version of Dana Scully. And I want to say this. I don't give a flying fuck if you like this podcast or not. We they kept saying to me, your podcast is trash. You've never listened to our fucking podcast. You're not you're not even a part of our We don't care about you. We're not <laughs> we do this podcast for ourselves and that other people enjoy it. This podcast is not for you. It is not an X Files podcast. It is not a shipper podcast. Yeah. Just because we talk about the X Files sometimes doesn't mean it's an X Files podcast. There are plenty of podcasts that talk about TV shows. Does that mean that they're that specific podcast for that specific right. TV show? We don't make this podcast for you, the shippers. We don't make it for you. We make it for us and for the people that like what we do. I am not an angry person. That's Stephanie. Not me. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> but you come at me. You come at my wife. You send us harassing emails. You threaten my marriage. You hack our bank account. And then you try to gaslight me by calling me a liar. I will destroy you. All of you. I'm a rattlesnake. I am. We are a podcast of true crime and unexplained. We are not an X-Files podcast. I would be lying if I said that the X-Files wasn't a part of the inspiration for this podcast and that the goal of this podcast is in some way to bring back this spirit of the X-Files. Not the Mulder and Scully show, the X-Files. But the weird America, weird, just weird, right? We want to in talk about weird. In our own way, yeah. we're doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the X-Files was one of the inspirations for lore. Aaron Mankey has explicitly said this. Yeah, there's there's some other podcasts, and like I think on YouTube, there's a, uh, a no, historical guy. The, 
last night I was listening to the Dark Histories podcast. It's it's uh, by this guy named Ben Cutmore, who's British, mm-hmm. and he said directly that that was one of the inspirations for that podcast. Yeah, it's, I think it's so cool. It's from the nineties. It's said. a neat legacy. We were inspired by our early seasons of the X Files, by the Unsolved Mysteries TV show yes. featuring Robert Stack, and by podcasts like Lore and Morbid. I would even say FBI's Most Wanted, the, the kind of the original uh, America's Most Wanted. Amer- sorry, the America's Most Wanted. Yeah. Now I'll say this. I was thinking about Star Trek the other day because I don't consider myself a Star Trek fan. I like The Next Generation and I like those first two J.J. Abrams reboot movies and that's it. I don't fucking care about the rest of it. I I haven't seen the new shows. Maybe they're good, maybe not. Maybe I'll check them out. Don't know. But I don't like enough of Star Trek to consider myself a fan. Same. I'm not a full-fledged Trekkie. I, I I like parts of it, and I haven't gone back and watched the next well, generation. I'm gonna I'd gate- like to. I'm going to gatekeep you assholes. <laughs> I'm going to gatekeep you motherfucking shippers. Here we go. If you only watch for Mulder and Scully, you're not a fucking X-Fall fan. You're a Mulder and Scully fan. Mm-hmm. And I, if that were me, that's what I would say. I like Mulder and Scully. Which is fine. I like writing stupid stories... <laughs> Where they jerk off to each other. Which is fine, but stop trying to make everyone else the same. Or acting like they own they the show. They own it. That pisses me there off. There was an ownership thing. And this person even said to me, like, well, I, we're the reason the show got popular, white women. No, they're not. No, they are not. We brought it into the mainstream. Well, guess what? When it went mainstream, that's when the quality declined. Yes. Knowles will tell you this. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to say this, though. I'm not some toxic male who hates fucking romance. I like romance when it's done well. I love West Side Story, the new West Side Story, and the original. Yeah, both of those movies. Uh, The reboot of West Side Story, the remake, whatever you want to call it, reimagining, uh, was the second best film of 2021 for me, Mm -hmm. after Dune. Yeah, after Dune. Stephanie, though, I want to ask this. Why are women obsessed with romance? What is the deal? Are they socialized that way? I think so, yes. To have this Prince Charming. Yeah, we were shown Disney at a young age. We're shown that um, we have to have this perfect man, yet what is modeled to us in real life is a lot of toxicity, not just from men, but also from our toxic mothers. And whether in some, you know, look, not all of our moms are bad. They're well-meaning, but their mothers did it to them. Then they do it to us about not standing up for ourselves, about having uh, more autonomy in who we are and being assertive and saying no, that you can do the things that men do without reprisals right like we're we're trained to kind of like oh well you have to always smile and you always have to acquiesce and you can't really be an individual i think that is so damaging just the way i think I that agree. toxic mascul- masculinity is damaging to boys as well um people should be allowed to express themselves and the ways they want and be individuals if they feel i think a certain way and and, and when you can't do that and I don't know if this is also maybe, and maybe this part is more biological, but this weird forming of cliques that happens within a female community. They were all speaking like they were a part of some cult or I, something. I hate it. It and was really odd. Yeah, and I've, ex- I've, I've experienced it's really bad in small towns. And it's, it's I the thing is, I actually like women. I like talking to other women. What I don't like are the toxic aspects of female culture of like me i don't know if it's just straight women or something but especially white women but they get in in these creepy little cliques and if you don't believe exactly like they do and have the same fucking opinions you can't be a part of it and there is a huge pressure i mean it's like from i mean like church ladies it doesn't matter what you're interested in but they want you to think and behave exactly the same and i don't like it i don't like cliques anyway because i'm a loner and individualist okay same and i just i'm i'm not 
a monkey to perform for you. That's not to say I don't like interactions with other people. I just want you to agree with me. Otherwise, I have no interest. So. Well, I would love to have a, a group of female friends I could talk to, but I just haven't found any quality women who, who meet my standards. Well, Stephanie, you have internalized massage. <laughs> this is what these women would say to you. Yeah, I, I'm not... Look, I'm not in, into a lot of traditional uh, woman shit. I don't like any of those Real Housewives shows. I don't watch a lot of... Um, what you don't like, trash you don't, TV. You don't watch the Kardashians. Yeah, I don't watch the Kardashians. You know, I, I watch. I, I would have never married you if you were into that show. I'm not into any of those things. I mean, I'm I'm into weird stuff. My and ex, I've always been it into was weird funny stuff. My ex was not into the Kardashians, but she tried to be. <laughs> Because everybody else was. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then it's like, I can tell she was Or like The Bachelor. Ugh. I could tell she wasn't into it. Yeah. And I'm just like, give up. It's fucking terrible. It's not for you. Give it's up. It's not for you. You know? You're not I, that person. I want to meet people you're who are into You're a shitty person, but you're not that into. shitty. Yeah. I want to meet the weird stuff, or people who are into the weird stuff that I'm into. That's what I want to want to meet. Well, I allowed Stephanie to talk, since I'm a toxic male, so... <laughs> but I'm still toxic to the middle-aged... Uh, shipping demographic so i don't know stephanie i don't think they'll ever like me what am i gonna do with my life <laughs> okay jo all jokes aside i just want to say we stand with the people of ukraine uh both biden and boris johnson need to cowboy up and do something about this mm -hmm. i know i sound like a fucking neocon fuck that i don't really care they're about to have a nuclear meltdown if we don't do something you either stop Putin or he's coming for us all. Yeah. He's coming for Europe. Yes. And if he comes for Europe, we got to do something about it. We're already in a war. This idea, I keep hearing on the news, well, then we'll be in a war. We're already in a war. It started with the annexation he's of Crimea. He's not going to stop. No, he's a madman. No. This is why people have been sounding the alarm bells on him for the past decade or longer that this guy is a threat. He's crazy. Yeah. All authoritarians are by definition crazy. Mm -hmm. They should all be put down. <laughs> like a dog in the street. <laughs> Hang them high. I will bring the popcorn. <laughs> the 2020s are a nightmare descent into hell. I hate this decade. <laughs> We're only like a quarter of the way through it. I hate it. Okay, so the middle of the week, I believe... Uh, we're going to drop a special podcast for Stephanie and I review The Batman because mm -hmm. it's a horror movie. If you haven't seen it, it's a horror movie. It's a it's a it's like a suspense thriller horror. horror. It's yeah. great. Uh, we're going to see it again tomorrow uh, and then we're going to release that special podcast like probably Wednesday or something. And then in two weeks, we've got some really exciting episodes coming up, but the next episode is going to be about Jeffrey Epstein and frozen heads and nut sacks. <laughs> <laughs> culty world of chronics and life extension and it's possible it's looking more and more likely that chris knowles will be back uh, a lot of people have wanted him back and uh i think the schedule's working out to where he can come back that's great because he's very interesting and he knows a lot yeah about this yeah. topic so the question next time is going to be dead is dead or is it i did want to mention because we were off last week when we were supposed to post uh, that was because I was gluten poisoned. Now, if you don't know a lot about celiacs, I know a lot of people talk about having a gluten allergy, but it's fake, right? Yeah. <laughs> when you have full blown celiacs, it's not like getting regular food poisoning. It's different. And I'll just briefly tell you why. So when you're exposed to gluten, what it does to your small intestines is it tears off all the cilia of your small intestines. That's responsible for absorbing nutrients from your food from the medications you take that I take. So when that happens, 
you not only have traditional food poisoning symptoms like nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, blah, 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 all that gross stuff. It also does other things. So then you can't digest your food properly. You can't digest your medication properly. It affects my nervous system. So it exacerbates my anxiety disorder. And I was having all day long panic attacks. I was taking Dramamine. I couldn't eat. I was trying to eat anything. And it was, I, I have witnessed. It was awful. I personally can vouch for it. And I can actually say this this was a mild gluten poisoning. And I don't know what it was in the food because I'm very, 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 very careful about how, what I eat, what I put in my body. I'm just very diligent about my food. So it's either um, something I've used a lot like a salsa that maybe has cross-contam that isn't quite a certified salsa. I made chili. Uh, everything else in it were, were ingredients I've used hundreds of times um, that or maybe even my food uh, may have been messed with on purpose so i'm not sure but it it did inter interfere with the podcast i am very sorry for that i hate i hate disappointing anybody and i really hate that we couldn't get the the pot out when we wanted to and that's one of the reasons why we're doing the batman is to get an extra pot out right and and we did try we actually did try i was like medicating myself but i was so out of it because again none of my medications were working properly I couldn't piece together my thoughts very well. Um, editing would not have been nearly as good as it's going to be now. I mean, this is, I'm really proud of what we've already done so far. Yeah, this turned out to be a bonkers episode. It, it didn't <laughs> turn out anywhere near close to what I was expecting, but it, I think it, it's going to be very interesting. And the one thing I don't like to do is half-ass shit. I am not no, a half-ass. I don't either. I would rather it wait than half ass. Yeah. And I was I was worried because I'm like, are you sure we can't get it out? And I'm like dying <laughs> at the microphone. And Michael's like, no, no, you're so not. So if well. you hate this episode, just know we didn't half ass it. <laughs> we just suck. <laughs> no, we don't suck. <laughs> I know, I'm making a joke. I am very proud of this episode and proud of what we were doing this season. I think Yeah, I'm I'm proud of our new work and how how we're we're upping our game and I think we're getting better because we do have more time. It's a learning. We learn as we go. We learn as we go and we're still learning and and I am very appreciative of the people who are still coming back and listening to this podcast. I am so grateful to that. I think it's so cool. I and love it, it. So many will be gone after that rant I made, <laughs> but oh well. It was nice knowing you guys. All right. Where can they find us? You can find us at the Spookies Podcast at gmail.com where you can send us all kinds of emails, be they good or bad. Uh, we may not read the bad ones. Hmm, I don't know. You can also find us at the Spookies Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you'd like to stalk my socials, I'm Steffi Hellion on Twitter and Stephanie Hellion on Instagram. Now the cat ladies are coming for you. Mm -hmm. Enjoy. <laughs> uh, I hope everyone has a great weekend. There's a lot of darkness in the world. Hopefully things get better with Ukraine. But I hope everyone has a great weekend. And we will see you midweek. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs>